You are listening to Processing Trauma Out Loud, conversations about trauma and healing from two women who are doing the work. My name is Jeremiah Jones, and I am the producer of this podcast. In today's episode, Cher introduces her trauma-informed story coach, Lori Proctor. Cher and Lori have worked together for over two years around Cher's stories of severe childhood harm. Listen in as Lori and Cher talk about a part of Cher that is coming forth into beautiful healing as she has experienced being seen and feeling safe. Hey, Cher. Hey, Candice. How are you doing today? I am great. I think I say this every week of how excited I am about our topic. But I just have to say, I do think this is the most excited I've been. Yeah, me too. Because we have a guest today and our guest is the beautiful and stunning and fierce Lori Proctor. And she has been your trauma-informed story coach for several years. Yeah. So today we are going to get a glimpse of your journey working with Lori in your stories of severe abuse and how that has looked to stay in a relationship where you have and are continuing to build a safe and secure connection. So I'm just going to hand it over. I'm going to be a listener and a learner today. And we just decided that Even in the midst of these painful conversations at times, we're going to go out to the playground today and just play together. How's that sound? Fantastic. Hi, Lori. Hi, Candice. Hi, Cher. Hey. How are you guys? Great. So good. So good to have you here. And just to tell our listeners that I had the opportunity to spend some time with you over the weekend. And it's just been a great prelude to being here this morning and just recognizing the level of security that I feel coming into our time here today and how in the early, you know, months and months and months that I felt mostly very young with you and safe, but very young as you tended so well to my younger parts and the parts that had to be exiled as I grew up in the midst of severe trauma, childhood trauma. And and then to see how much growth and healing and freedom has come. And so it was great over the weekend to just be with you and some of our other pearls. We were super sad that Candace couldn't be with us. So really great to have you here today. Mm, it's great to be here. I'm excited to play. Yeah, me too. And Let's it's go to the playground. Let's play, girls. Yeah. And, and it's a little awkward for me. I, I kind of want to turn it to you, Lori, and let you lead because that's more the context of our relationship. And so, yeah, can well, I just do that then? Because I'm really happy in that role. You know me. Let's go. I'll step in. Perfect. But how I always do lead our calls, Cher, yeah. is I ask you, what what is your intention? Like, what do you most need, want, desire for our time? Like that's always the question I lead with when I coach people because coaching is different than therapy that we can go to the the past and sit in the stories. It's absolutely essential. But I also like to set the intention to where you you're headed. 
Because if you don't know where you're going, it's easy to default to where you've always been, right? It's just the default to like, okay, if you don't have a a map to where you're headed, you tend to just keep going in the same place. So that's why I like the intention. So that's my my question of intention. So what where do you want us to go today that we have together? Yes, and I appreciate that question because I don't want to talk about theory. I want to offer our listeners really a glimpse of what it is like to interact with a coach who sees well. And as I took some time this morning to just check in with my younger parts, I felt such affirmation to just really enter this arena and to be able to have freedom to to just flow. So I don't know. I don't have a particular topic per se, but I I'm I'm so open and I feel like all all parts of me are open to just diving in here today and see where <laughs> and this is often what we do, right? I'm not sure, Lori. I, I'm not coming with anything. I maybe I should have canceled our session and then like you know, five minutes later <laughs> I'm deep into something and you know, so I think it's just, we'll see what comes. That's, that's, I feel really comfortable with that. That's beautiful. I feel comfortable with it too, because I trust the process. Like when we hold an open, loving, present space for ourselves and one another, yeah, I truly believe miracles. That's like where the miracles happen in that space of holding, listening, attuning, being curious. That's what I call and what I like, it, it's kind of my obsession. I call it essence or self and that's, or we call it soul, like different places call it different things, but it's, it's that that is inside of us that is unchanging. It's always tethered to love. And it's always open and loving and curious. And no matter how much trauma we have, we have that in us. Mm -hmm. Some of us don't have access to it because all our fragmented, traumatized parts are kind of covering up ourself or essence energy is that I call it. But once we start to really trust that in ourselves, that we have everything we've ever needed within it starts to like open up this space where we can feel safe within ourselves, if that makes sense. So I get obsessed with, with essence, with like, how do we just hold a space where we get to just be curious of our stories and of our feelings, of our sensations, of our thoughts even. So I really, I, I'm obsessed with that. Like, how do we become that present loving space for ourselves and then for another? So really with my work with my clients and with you, Cher, it's to hold that space and to trust that when you're all parts of you feel safe and trusting, then the stories that need to come will come. Yeah. That, and then we contend with care and with love. And so that's, that's what we do, right? Yeah. We work together. We just open a space that's safe. That kind of does this. And if you can't see me, I'm like, come, come, right? The parts of us are shy and are scared and have been so hurt and traumatized and they don't want to come. Yeah. So working with a story coach, it's it's basically someone who can hold a safe space to say, no, all of you is welcome. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All of you will be welcome here. As you're talking about that, one of my parts is saying, me, me, me. 
Yeah, I'm just super, I'm so happy about this. And even this morning, as I prepared, I felt like this part and we've talked a lot about her, but haven't always felt like we have seen her clearly, or at least I have struggled to feel like I see her clearly. And it's Sally. And Lori knows all about Sally. And this is a part of me who really holds feminine power, feminine beauty. And that had to be so she, this part of me had to be so shut down and even exiled for a long, long, long time through my childhood, but then even into adulthood as I I couldn't access her, really didn't even know about my parts for so long. But but then once I even knew about her, it was really hard for me to know how to welcome her forward. And but I feel like she's kind of saying that she wants to, which is really surprising me. So she's coming to the playground here today. Yeah. And it, it feels really sweet to me that she is um, because she is so courageous. But for so long, she had to be so hidden. So Sally wants to uh, wants to join us here today. Mm. Well, welcome, Sally. <laughs> what does Sally need us to know or want us to know about her story? Ah, yeah. So we've shared just brief glimpses about, and maybe I've even just mentioned generally that I have severe abuse in my story and that I lived in the home of parents that could not embrace or allow me to have freedom as a little girl. And where there was a lot of consumption, consuming my goodness, and then also hating my goodness and glory as a little girl. And how I grew up really rejecting that I was a little girl and wanted so much to be just like my brother who was so loved and honored in our family system. And I, I love my brother. I still love my brother. One of the most redemptive faces in my story in many ways, I think, because I was very attached to him, maybe more than any other human at that point in time. So yeah, but I I think Sally is just wanting to be known, wanting to be seen, and is, has been coming forward. I said to you, Lori, I think last time we met that Sally wants to come forward, but I think I'm holding her back. And you made the comment like, what are you talking about, Cher? Like, Sally is here. (laughs) (laughs) And she is. And I think since you said that, I have been just seeing her so much more clearly in these deeply tender, sensitive places of who I am. And yet that I don't even always recognize when that comes forward and, and, and shows. And Mm -hmm. so it was really sweet for me to hear you affirming like, Oh, Sally's here. And Mm -hmm. yeah. Yeah. Well, I distinctly remember when we first started working together. Yeah. And maybe I'm going to just turn it and ask you, like, where was Sally then? Do you remember where Sally was when we started working together? Oh, yeah, because she was there for a long, long time. And, and I just want to say, like, I know for our listeners talking about this might feel a little uncomfortable if you're not familiar with IFS theory, internal family systems theory, and how our, our brain and body organizes 
our harm into these personifications of, of parts. But when I found Sally, or and I'll say when Sally came forward, I just saw this picture of when I grew up, I lived in a, a very old farmhouse. And in the part of our basement, it was a very rustic dirt floor, a huge old coal furnace that had actually been converted to fuel, but it was super huge. And that part of our basement was dark. I just remember like one light bulb from the ceiling with the pull chain. And I, and that's where Sally was. And that, and that is where she had been for so long. And just, um, she was wearing like one of those World War II bomber um, or flight jackets, you know, with, with the hat, with the, the flaps and, and she was chained to a dragon. And I think for so long, I, I couldn't understand, like, what, what did this mean? And she scared me in a lot of ways, but she has just so patiently and persistently kept coming forward in little tiny ways, just so, so tiny because she was exiled. She was sent there because all of her beauty and all of her deep sensitivities and tenderness was dangerous in my home. And had that, had those parts of me been able to come forward, I'm, I may have not survived. I feel like I, I would not have survived. And so that part of me was sent into exile until I could heal to the point where I could begin to invite her forward and be able to see her and then be able to want her to be more connected to who I am. And and now, like, she's here. <laughs> yes, she is. And I, I just want to maybe take a step back for, for your listeners that Sally was an exile part of you. And what happens, we all know you guys have already talked about it. When we have trauma, especially really horrific sexual trauma, neglect, abuse, violence, even even complicated trauma where maybe that wasn't present, but there was other manipulations going on in the household. We have to exile parts of us to survive. So Sally's beauty, her core beauty is your is your childhood goodness, Cher. It's, it's your, your beauty, your glory, and that gets consumed in your household, your beauty, your glory, your femininity was assaulted and consumed and used. And so having your other parts kind of exile her into the basement and tie her up was the safest thing that could have happened. But what we're actually doing is exiling a core part of who makes us us, right? Like you desperately need Sally redeemed and unburdened. But when she's burdened, she's just going to feel like too much, Mm -hmm. too much pain, too much ache, too much, too much or not enough, not enough love, not enough care. And so we, we exile those sensations, feelings, parts of us. Yeah. And you're so beautifully naming how you had to exile her. Mm-hmm. And then through our work together. So how did she become more healed? Because she's here now and she's she's yeah. still healing, but she is healed. Yeah. So how did that happen? You tell us. 
Yeah, well, I think it's just been the very gentle process of how you really invited my younger parts to come forward and be known. And as I was able to do that and to receive, as Candace and I have talked about so many times, the four S's, you seeing me and soothing and keeping me safe and secure in these places where I felt so much violation and shame and loneliness and longing and desire. And yet anything that felt almost good needed to be held back and down because in a way, possessing goodness for me as a child was that that was places of violation. And so to be in this place where I could bring my stories forward and my stories of assault or violence or all all the things that happened that then covered me in so much shame that sent me into hiding and to be able to bring those forward step by step, slow, slowly, but very intentionally and courageously, if I might say so. But because I felt so much love and care from you. So in the context of that, in which I I think I tested many times along the way, is this real? Can I really trust? And then I give a little more and then we'd process that and then I give a little more. And so it's been this very slow process of healing that has really come in the context of our relationship where you have allowed me to be wherever I was at that particular time. And then you met me there with just love. I'll just say love and 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 helped me and all the various parts of me become safer and seen and known and healed so that step by step, then the way became safe for Sally, which has been such a deep, deep place of wounding and loneliness. But now she's she's knows that she's safe. And yeah, and that's so beautiful. I explained that, Sharon. And I just keep thinking of the question I always would ask you. This is what I, I ask all my clients because those places in us, they haven't been safe, right? That's why they've had to be exiled. And even the places us that protect our exiled places don't feel safe. So one thing that we do in IFS in particular, and that I've done in our story coaching since the beginning was, was what? It's to always ask you, well, Cher, how do you feel about Sally, right? Like it's always because I can soothe and see and create safety for Sally. But as as your coach, right, I want to teach you how to create safety and love for Sally. Yeah. Right. And that's that's the key, Mm -hmm. because so often I think therapists or people, they become the, the safety, they become the good parent. And that's beautiful, yeah. but it's not enough. Right? Mm-hmm. It's not enough because then now as the client or even me who goes to counseling, now I'm dependent or yeah. needing my therapist to be that attuning parent. And that's kind of a setup in a way, mm-hmm. because guess what? That therapist is human and will probably fail me at some point And there's going to be rupture, which does happen. But when we can become 
the attuning, loving, safe parent for our parts, all parts of us. Now we're onto something. Yeah. Because now we're we don't have to go outside of ourselves to find something to be whole. Yeah. It's actually within us. And that's the beauty, I think, of this work. We do need another at times, but then we also do have to learn to do it for ourselves. It's a both and. Right. And but I couldn't do it for no. myself until I experienced it and then was able to watch you. And even then, so then when I wasn't with you, I could begin to ask myself, you know, <laughs> what would Lori say? <laughs> what would Lori do? Truly, I mean, many, many times, even still at times, I when I find myself just in some kind of turmoil and I will think, okay, and I'll tune in to my, to my young places. And often now they will sh- tell me who it is that's struggling. And I will even many times ponder, okay, what would Lori say? And it's the modeling and the experiencing with you that has helped me really learn how to care well for my young parts to where I I am now caring very well for them. And it is, it's like, and not only has it brought so much um, freedom and goodness to my parts, but I will just say like overall, all the, the the sense of deep emptiness and longing that I lived with my whole life is just gone. I mean, just, I mean, there are moments, of course, you know, of feeling loneliness or missing, but to have been, and I'm going to just wrap this up a little bit with this as much as I don't want to, but I'm looking at the clock and I'm just thinking it is a nice, it is a sweet place to just end this section and we are going to come back with um with Lori and have some more time with her but to to come to the place now where i have become able to care for my young places to see them move from their heavy burdens into places of rest and play and innocence and creativity and like along with all of that is just, I feel a sense of truly deep down inside wholeness and fullness that I never, ever have ever experienced before in my whole long life. Yeah. So, and I'm, and I know I'm still on the journey, right? I know that it's not, I'm, I'm we will, ne- you will never hear Candace and I say, or Lori, <laughs> we're there, check, we, we, we're on the journey. And so I want to just say to our listeners, as we close this section, it's, it's an, it's a joy to come mm-hmm. on and just give you glimpses into this aspect of my journey and being able to work with someone who is like the most brilliant, beautiful, tender. And I could go on and on with a hundred. Are you going to start to gush here? I could, I could gush <laughs> and Lori knows I gush. <laughs> Lori has been truly the most significant human in my life. And I am so grateful and I love you so very, very much. I love you to share and I love both of you. And we love you, Candace. It's a love fest, girls. And we're not ignoring Candace. She very graciously allowed and invited Lori and I to just have this interaction today. But Candace knows my story and my journey. And Candace and Lori have connections through Story Group, and it's it's beautiful. So, Lori, thank you for being with us today. It's been an honor. 
And can I just say one more thing? I know you guys are doing a time thing here, but Sherry, it's been an honor and a privilege to watch you heal in real time, because I know you came to me, you had already done so much healing work. And really all I did was teach you how to attune to yourself. And then you were like, you were like lightning quick, like, oh, oh. And then all the healing just started happening Mm -hmm. because you had done all that groundwork. And then you were, you were willing to attune to all your parts. And that, that truly to me is the gift in this work is when we can become that healing presence for ourselves. Yeah. So good. Thank you, Lori. Thank you, ladies. Thank you for listening to Processing Trauma Out Loud. Make sure to check out the show notes for links to suggested resources and social media, like, subscribe, and follow to keep up with our weekly content. And if you don't mind, take a moment to rate and review us. Your feedback is extremely valuable and contributes to the success of this podcast. Music was created by Caleb Paxton, and our sound engineer is Jeremiah Jones of Story LLC. We welcome you to join us for more conversations soon. Take care.